Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com and this is what I call the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast because that's mostly the kind of stuff I talk about but that ends up being really a big umbrella talk about emotions, thoughts, beliefs, belief systems unconscious behaviors, how to change all that how to get rid of the, the negative self-talk in your head or emotional reactions or change behaviors that fundamentally I generally point to unconscious beliefs or belief systems that operate that we're not aware of. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that in the context of a social anxiety issue. One person in the recording is going to share about. But the larger picture is these tools that are going to be described here and a process that's described here can be applied to just about any emotion, thought process you want to change, behavior you want to change. At, when you get down to the core level, what is the source of this? 95%, and this is documented in neuroscience, 95% of our behaviors, our emotions, our thoughts, they are driven by the part of our mind we're not aware of, these, these patterns we're not aware of, we call unconscious beliefs. And so if you want to change your behaviors, you want to change your emotions, you have to get down to the origin of where they're manifesting from. And so that may be not just beliefs, but those beliefs that are part of emotional memories, where those beliefs were created. In those memories are repressed emotions. Those are emotions stored down there in our past, we kind of forgot about, moved on but they act as our emotional baggage and they cause us to live patterns or in certain ways repetitively and because we don't know why because their beliefs are unconscious to us we've forgotten that they're there we end up trying to make changes and will ourselves oh I'm not going to get angry anymore I'm not going to be afraid I'm going to do this I'm going to change my behavior we kind of intellectually will ourselves to try and do something but the other 95% of our energy is invested in this other system and so we might be able to do it for a while but we're pushing a heavy weight and eventually that willpower gets exhausted and we're like ah we collapse back into our normal belief patterns of course that doesn't because we don't know that we end up falling for that voice in our head that says oh you're weak you failed you you're no good at this it's not going to work you might as well give up that voice criticizes us because we couldn't intellectually or just will ourselves for this change but it fails to look at what is this 95% of the pattern coming from and when you look into that 95% you end up looking at quite a few layers of beliefs different emotional patterns some of which I break out into what I'm going to refer to in this audio and is referred to in the audio as characters are part of our subpersonality it's it's Subpersonality is just a, and I'll call it character, generally is how it's referred to. Part of our personality, like when we try to go make a good first impression, what's our best self? When we are afraid and we're like down on ourselves, we feel victimized by that, that judge voice in our head. And so we can be a harsh or have a harsh voice on ourselves. And then we feel that harsh voice, so we're victimized by the harsh voice. 
And then maybe we try and cover it up and say, you know, I'm going to go rise above that. And we try and be our best self. These are all kinds of roles we play either in our own mind or in the world that I call you know, subpersonalities or characters. So when you hear that reference, that's what we're talking about. And as it relates to this inventory process of investigating what are these belief systems that drive us to thoughts and emotional reactions and behaviors we don't want to be doing. And once you dig down, you find these beliefs. You can address them and change them, and then this changes the whole pattern. So until then, you are, well, you're, you're not likely to have many successes. You may get successes part-time, but the overall pattern tends to return until you change that, the root cause, which is an unconscious belief. So this is a recording taken from an event. I was given the assignment one morning. So it turned out someone had kind of jumped ahead in the process, was already working through it, and shared what he was going through and gone through the day before. I hope you find it useful where some of these behaviors might be coming from, emotions might be coming from that you're going through, where some of your negative thoughts come from. And an insight into this process that you'll find in my self-mastery course and some of the tools I've more recently posted about dealing with emotions, which is a exercise on releasing emotions, how to effectively work with your emotions, and another process I call recapitulation, which you can find all of these products on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. And recapitulation is a healthy process to go through and kind of clean up these old memories and where we've stored this energy and release it uh, and, and help heal and change at a root level and uh, be happier. So this is the audio. How's that feel breathing? Right. Maybe the same. So yesterday was a lot about identity, the point of view, identity. Shifting that point of view outside the story, outside the character of the story, outside the sub-personality of the story, outside the emotion. You realize you can, you, and when I say you, we'll just call it consciousness, you can move your point of view to the grass different part of your body into an emotion where it might take you for a ride into the stream into anything and that consciousness and that dream the dream takes on a life of its own and it carries you and it gives you the feedback as if it's real making dreams feel like reality making them very believable illusions, feeding them false evidence. Emotions can also tell you what's going on that's real. They come from your integrity. They come from other sources too. You can feel it coming from the canyon, from this beautiful place. It's bringing you a feeling of beauty and love. That's a very real, emotional, natural response. 
those emotions also come from false stories and dreams. You have a dream at night, you're afraid, or you're angry, you're running for your life. Or you create a real emotional response to a dream. Emotions tell you the truth. Now, they're a response to the truth of what you experience, and they're the response to an illusion of what you experience. It's like what I feel. <laughs> Am I feeling the truth? <laughs> I'm glad I shaved my head. You, that feels good. Y'all got to try this later. That's only a three day right there. Am I feeling the truth? I'm feeling something. It's a sensation. It's kind of nice. And that feels different than this, than this, than that. <laughs> it all feels different. It's a real sensation. It tells us something's going on. Something's going on. Okay. It doesn't necessarily tell us exactly what's going on. Is he dreaming this? Is this really happening for him? You know? He could be asleep somewhere dreaming this. Or is it here happening for real? How do you know? Your emotions don't tell you. Okay. What I'm inviting you to do is to realize, pay attention to your emotions, but don't believe what you think they're about. Pay attention to see what's really going on, but don't believe right away that what your mind says they're about. There's something going on there. And they're important. They're telling us an experience is happening. What the experience is, whether the story is true or not true, we don't know right away. So yesterday, you might have seen it in yourself, and I talked to several people. What very commonly happens when I asked you to open up to the beauty here and love and let some light in, there was resistance. That resistance might come as fear, it might come as a shaking in your body, it might come as just a tightness. You might create a struggle. One person said they had a voice in their head that says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve that. But he watched it. He's like, is that me? Is that my voice? Pay attention to the resistance. It tells you something. That feeling of resistance, whether it's a, an unworthiness, it's a fear, it's telling you something to pay attention to. In the old days, it would be, oh, that's not true. I don't want to believe that. Yeah, I'm worthy. Are we paying attention then? No, we just dismissed it. We've taken that unworthiness and we've pushed it aside. 
We've taken the fear and we've pushed it aside. We say, I don't want to feel that. And what do we do? We close ourselves off from, from feeling. Because what happens when you, when you say, I don't want to feel the bad emotions, the system doesn't work that way. The system says, oh, you don't want to feel emotions, okay. Then you don't get to feel the love and the joy and the passion and the inspiration either. It's not like you can say, oh, I don't want to feel this part of the spectrum that's unpleasant, but I want to feel the, the good stuff over here. No. If I, if I go to feel the good stuff, <laughs> right? I get sensations in my hand. That means my nervous system, my attention system is working. Then I feel the cold too when I feel that. Right? You feel the tenderness and you feel the pain or you, or you go numb. And when you say, I don't want to feel that, and, or you get frustrated and say, I wish I didn't have this resistance and something's wrong with me, I can't do this. What are you saying? You're saying, I can't feel something's broken, you're blocking yourself from being open. And that's even like, okay, first you've, first of all, being numbed out to a lot of our emotions, what do I call that? Normal. Normal. <laughs> and then you go say, oh, this might be important to pay attention to because, you know, they're manifesting as pain in my body at a certain point or what have you, or it's showing up in relationship as anger or jealousy. Right? You're like, okay, this is a problem. And you're like, okay, I need to go deal with these emotions. And like, oh, but they're here, and I hate that they're here, and I'm so frustrated I can't change them. Like, ah. <laughs> now we go to feel them, we go to do something with them, but we have a reaction of frustration, annoyance, anger about them, dismissal about them. Now we have a reaction of emotion about not feeling the emotions well enough, the way we're supposed to, or being taken for a story, right? So now we're in emotions about not feeling emotions, or in emotions about feeling too many of them, or the wrong ones, supposedly, right? So you see how we stack reaction story or emotion story on top of reaction story, emotion story. We're pretty, we're pretty ingenious this way. Is this clear? Makes sense. Something to help. You find an emotion, I'm going to be with that one. Just one. I'm going to be with that one and feel it completely. That shame, unworthiness, fear of abandonment. Oh, what's there? It's telling me something. And very often it's a memory. Very often that emotion that comes up and says, oh, don't let the light in, I'm, I'm unworthy, I don't deserve it. A friend of mine, and she's like, she's working with a teacher, and she says, gosh, you, her name's Patricia, she said, gosh, you love everybody so much, and you're so sweet to everybody, how come you don't love yourself? She's like, that's kind of a simple question, I don't. And they went exploring. Why don't you love yourself? Right. And there was that resistance, and there was that fear, and I don't deserve it, and unworthiness. It was like, where's the unworthiness? Where's the fear? Where's the shame? And she followed that emotion. It was telling her something. That resistance to love and loving herself 
was telling her something. Because therein, when that feeling was tied to a memory, and when she tracked him back, there she was, about first, second grade, in school with the nuns, and she, I don't know, wanted to go to the bathroom or something, you know, or had a question. The nuns shamed her, told her she was bad and shouldn't be paying attention and doing her work. And, What's the matter with you? And she felt that emotion, that shaming. And she felt the tightness in her body, and she had an image of what's the matter with me? Something's wrong with me. Oh, according to the nun, I'm not the way I'm supposed to be. I don't know how I'm supposed to be, but I'm not in. And she has an idea of herself. Something's wrong with her. And then from that idea, Something's wrong with me. Well, then I'm not good. If I'm not good, I don't deserve rewards, and I don't deserve love, and I don't deserve to feel good. I deserve to be punished. I don't deserve love. It was a dream, an idea, of a thought that was somebody else's opinion. And she's like, That's her identity. And so when she started to feel love, that identity would come up and say, no, no, we don't deserve that. Stop, 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 stop. We don't deserve that. That emotion would push back. I don't, I don't deserve that. It's trying to live its truth, but its truth is a lie. It believes it. It believes its truth, but its truth is a lie. But when she found it, and she could look at it with awareness, with love, with grace, with the person she is today. She could see a little girl that felt like she didn't even deserve her own love or didn't deserve love from other people. And when she could see that little girl, she could go sit with that little girl. She didn't push her to say and say in a way and say, oh, I'm frustrated you're there and I wish you didn't feel that way. And, you hear? You hear that just, you know when a little girl would hear that? Oh, I wish you didn't feel that way. What'd she say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because something's wrong with me. I'm messing up your life. What are you doing? You're reinforcing that little girl's dream. Oh, I'm so frustrated that you're blocking me from feeling emotions. That little girl says, yeah, I know I'm doing something wrong. Something's wrong with me. Every time you say that, that part of you that's holding some unworthiness or some fear or abandonment is saying, yeah, I don't feel love and I don't deserve love. When you push those feelings away, you're telling those parts of yourself, I don't deserve love, and I don't, and I don't feel love, and I don't give it to me. And so when you go to feel love, you're like, I just want to feel the good emotions, that little girl comes back and says, no, no, you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I'm going to block you from getting it, because we don't deserve it, because it pretends it's you. And you... Yeah, you want to feel the good emotions, but that part you push down stops you. Does that make sense? When you turn your attention to those parts of you that don't feel love, and you say, I love you. I love the shame part. I love the fearful part. I accept the hurt part. 
I accept the part that doesn't want to feel those emotions, is afraid to feel those emotions. You say, you're all here. You're all here. You, you, not somebody else loves you. You love you. You love the parts that need it the most. It's like there's some orphans inside and they, they got turned over in a bus and they're hurt. <laughs> and they're bunnies. And there's bunnies and, and they need help. Like, they need help the most. There's parts of us like that are, that are inside. The parts of us that are holding the shame and the unworthiness and the fear and the anger. I'm going to come along and I say, I love you and I love all those parts. And I can sit with you and I accept that you have all that and I accept that I have all that. But it's not enough that I accept that in you. Not for your parts to change. You asked me the other night, how come you can know a belief is not true intellectually, but it still doesn't change? Because you still hold the emotion one of the reasons. You still hold the emotions. There's still some part, there's like that little girl, she's like, nah, I still feel I don't deserve it. Like intellectually, you know, I deserve it, I'm fine. But there's some parts that says, no, I don't. Until you go connect with that part, and you bring her into your love, or his love, whatever masculine family, you have to bring it there. And then the story it's holding can change. Will no longer feel that way, and when it no longer feels that way, it no longer believes its story is true. So find your orphaned emotions. They're stuck under a bus somewhere. And you know what I call that? normal and they're all okay they're like little kids waiting to be recovered from that moment when the nun shamed them the boyfriend broke up with them the girlfriend turned them down on a date or the girl they wanted to go out with got turned on a date and they felt rejected and unworthy whatever moment in your life that that happened some part of your emotion got stuck there And I love those parts in you. I love those orphan places that are lost. And your mission, should you choose to accept it, is for you to find those places and love them too. Because we can go all into the glorious, divine, heavenly stuff and try and play on that half of the spectrum the whole time. But we don't get to stay there because inside, part of us that's orphaned is still cry, crying out. And then it's for us to go back and redeem and recover those parts of ourselves. That's how you make yourself whole. To collect those lost parts of yourself and you become whole again. You can live your life in integrity.
What part of you feels abandoned? What's it afraid of? You can go listen. Talk to it. Listen. Feel it. Allow it to release those emotions it's been holding tight. By listening and feeling. This is not an intellectual exercise. This is not for you to be in your head. And do it one emotion at a time. You might have a bunch of them come out and they might make your mind try and jump around. That's a good way to distract yourself. No, just pick up one and go, okay, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. I'm going to be with you right now. And stay a few minutes. Stay as long as you can until it all changes and let's go. And pick the next one and go as deep as it wants to go and go through the memories that might come with it and see the stories that made that emotion appear true. I know it's not true. Go look under the bus. Find the parts of yourself that need to be picked up and brought into your heart. Okay. I have any a, any questions? I want, I want to share. Yeah. So after I got back to my hotel last night, I was writing about some of the characters, some of the stuff that came up throughout the day yesterday. And I realized I have this character that I've identified as not me now. I thought it was for quite a while. And I call it the social disease. And this character sees itself as broken and everybody else is perfect. And for most of my life, I lived in that, in that perspective, always thinking that I'm the one that's broken and everybody else is fine and perfect. And even being here, uh, I was listening to some of the stuff the character was saying and it's like, Nobody else here is having any problems. They're all happy. They're all perfect. <laughs> Gary is not true. Gary is paying these people to be here. <laughs> <laughs> to, act like, wow. to act like they have problems when really it's just me. Oh my God. And I looked at that and I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. That's kind of sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> I'm going to go deeper into that. And. Then I noticed that this character, it comes up in social situations all the time. And just being in someplace public or in a social situation, it's an immediate trigger. It starts seeing everything through that lens where everybody else is perfect and I'm broken. And everybody is judging me, everybody's hating me. And then a memory came up into my mind and it was when I was in third grade. Uh, I was doing a assignment, making something for my grandma, and the teacher came over to me and she's like, what are you writing? And I was writing that my, you're supposed to say nice things about your grandma and stuff, and I was writing down that she is old, <laughs> and I guess that wasn't really nice, so she announced that out loud, 
to the class and the whole class started laughing. And I just started crying and made the interpretation that everybody is judging me and hates me and just felt totally abandoned and on my own and like I was going to die. And my whole life I've been running from that trying to push that character away and it kept coming back to me and underneath that character it had coping strategies of other characters that it used to uh, cope with social situations. I had another character I called a hider which tries to avoid being in social situations, tries to avoid anything that's going to make it uncomfortable which came up when I was thinking about coming out here. It didn't want me to. Um, also have another character that I developed later on, which I call the gangster, and that's when I started listening to like rap and stuff, and was like kind of got the fuck everybody else attitude, and it really pushes people away, and is like they're just trying to bring me down. I don't want to be around them. So I had that character as a coping strategy also, and. I also developed a comedian character, which is like, it tries to get people to like me and accept me. And it does that by saying things that, saying jokes or something that people would find funny so that hopefully I can get accepted that way. And I also had a superstar character that tries to become this perfect image um, to get all these things so that people will like me, respect me, and get I'll get attention. But all these were in reaction to this character of the social disease that thinks that everybody hates it. So I looked at this and I'm like, I'm so sick of wearing all these masks that the character has, these characters have for me. And it's all stemming from this social disease character. And I just wanted to stop wearing all these masks because it doesn't feel good anymore. It doesn't feel authentic, it doesn't feel real. So I decided to go into that memory of when I was in third grade and that experience happened. And I was just sitting in my hotel crying for about an hour. And I had this vision that this character was knocking, this child in third grade was knocking outside my door. And I opened the door and let it in and sat there, sat there with it and felt what it was feeling and cried with it and loved it. And there was this peace around me that I finally accepted that. And I just let the emotion, I just let myself feel it and be there with it. And I don't want to keep playing these other characters and trying to hide anymore because it's painful. I'm ready to accept that, that part of me.
I think that's why I tend to see the world through through that lens of that character so often where everybody's judging me and hates me and all this negative stuff because I haven't accepted that character and how it sees the world and the emotions it felt at that time that I just suppressed and blocked off and told myself not to feel that instead I should chase this higher image of myself and fulfill that because then I won't feel that way anymore and I've tried that and it hasn't worked at all I've tried doing all these things and it's never worked so I'm like all right coming across your work Gary I'm like there's something else here nothing else I've done has worked so I'll give this a try and it feels a lot more authentic real like I've accepted part of myself that I didn't want to before so thank you for that thank you This is Gary Van Wormerdam. I realize there's a lot and a lot of layers. That's okay. You don't have to understand it all at once. I think the story the gentleman shared is a really good summary of what he had to dig through in those unconscious beliefs, beliefs he wasn't even aware of, to kind of get to the source of his anxiety. Which was really shame. And it was shame about this identity of inside he felt like a third grader. He had created the belief in that moment with that really strong emotion. I am this worthless child. And then buried that feeling with that belief that that's who he was inside him. And it acted out as a subpersonality character. And then he, not wanting to feel that shame, covered it up with other aspects of his personality of other characters and through the process of inventorying those layers was able to take those masks off and with awareness really conscious awareness recognize once he sees that belief in a real conscious aware way it's obvious to him he's not a third grader he's not a little boy but he's holding the emotion and the belief of that little boy but once he reaches that with a conscious, aware presence, that lie begins to transform. And that's where truth and your authenticity and your integrity and your personal power come back to you. And you can make the changes in your life you choose. <clears throat> you can get the tools and the exercises to do, the, do this yourself the self-mastery course on my website. Also recommend for dealing with emotional issues the emotional release exercise and the recapitulation process. All available in the products area of pathwaytohappiness.com and of course if you want the more intense package I do retreats and events that uh, we dig in a lot faster. This is Gary Van Wormerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com Hope you find this helpful. Thank you.